Hello, I'm Julie Swenson, Managing Director of Forward Theatre Company in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Mike Fisher, a Milwaukee-based theatre writer and dramaturg. I'm Jenna Poff-Gray, Founder and Artistic Director of Forward Theatre, and this is Theatre Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theatre from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theatre in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode 70 of Theatre Forward. Fantastic. Now, in this episode, we are talking about the role social media plays in our world of professional theater. How does it impact what we do as producers? How is it changing our expectations of freelance artists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And we are definitely making our producer, Scott Hayden, who is Forward's communications director, weigh in on this because he has got a lot of expertise in this particular area. Welcome, Um, Scott. Yes, it'll be nice to hear your voice as part of this discussion. Um, But we really um, decided to to have an episode about this topic uh, prompted by uh, a question that was submitted when we were last soliciting um, mailbag questions um, from an artist, Elise Edelman, who we've um, worked with before here at Forward. And she wrote to us and said, I was surprised recently to see at the top of an audition sheet where it typically asks for your name, union, and contact information, there was a line for a number of Instagram followers and number of followers for other social media platforms. This was at an audition for a regional theater akin to Forward. I'm a person who's never been on social media with the exception of Facebook, which I'm on only occasionally. I learned from a few mass text messages to industry friends that this is a trend they're starting to see too. And I'm wondering if this is something that Forward also cares about. Should I get over my angst towards social media and get on those apps? So I'll start by just answering, no, that's not something we're asking for here at Forward. Um, At least I can say not yet and with no plans to, who knows what the future holds. Um, But but yeah, I mean, it's it's something I've heard about a lot in in non-theater performance media, so TV and film. Um, And I guess uh, it's news to me, but maybe not surprising that it's starting to creep into the world of live theater. Well, it makes, it makes sense. I, I have a Facebook, um, I, uh, Instagram, Twitter, so much of how I use it right now is marketing. And I'm sure Scott can talk more about this, but a lot, and a lot of it is this show is coming up and, oh my gosh, look at this wonderful cast and that kind of thing. And, and I'm trying to be, um, gentle and understanding of the people that asked an actor uh, to do this kind of thing before they were hired or even while they're hired. I think that we can get further into that. But it is interesting that these platforms now have become a way to get audiences and people to buy tickets. And so I get that. But it's it's akin, I was thinking years ago, there was a director who said to me, if I can get, if, if I, Julie, can get a lot of people in the house, he'll consider hiring me again. Mm-hmm. And it's not dissimilar to how many, how many people follow you on Instagram. So mm-hmm. it's just, it, you know, to me, it's the, it's the modern day version of that. Yeah, I mean, and Scott, I'm, I want to turn to you on this. You know, I, I was saying earlier, we, we have maybe a little separation of church and state on this issue at, in terms of our casting at Forward in that, you know, certainly I have no intention of 
considering someone's social media following in making a casting decision. And I'm not, you know, you've, you've never said to me, Hey, can you make sure to cast people with a lot of followers? <laughs> but once we do have a cast, we certainly reach out to them and say, if you are on social media, we'd be grateful if you right. helped market the show. Right. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about how we've evolved in our use of that? Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's I'm a, <laughs> I'm a huge fan and it's a, it's a real, it's a real Yay. pleasure. It's a real pleasure. Uh, so, you know, it's, I will say that uh, this is the first season in which I was more aggressive in asking our actors to share on social media. And when I say aggressive, I mean, I put together um, a social media kit, if you will, and emailed that to everyone. And that, that email contained our website address all of our social media profiles so that they could tag us in any sort of social media. Um, basically all of the, all of the material that you might need so that they could like us. Um, so they'd start to see our, our material in their feed and they could share that. Um, and then I even made a formal presentation for just a few minutes, but it was still a formal presentation on the first day of rehearsal where I let the actors know that we're very active on social media and by no means are we, you know, um, demanding or even asking them to do it, but if they consider it, or if it's a part of their lives, um, would they consider including us in, in that as well? Because the reality is that they do have friends, family, followers, uh, people who are just fans of their work, uh, and word of mouth sells tickets and word of mouth now is, is no longer around the water cooler. It's what you see on social media. So, um, it goes along, it really goes a long way. So, you know, even though we're not making those casting decisions as we were kind of talking about earlier, um, it is a really, it's a very real benefit, I think, for theaters. Um, but I think there is a line that we have to be really careful not to cross when we start to ask or demand um, just how we ask actors to do that, I think is also really important. And I assume that there are plenty of theaters that are not doing it in a <laughs> respectful way um, for every theater that's probably doing it the right way. I'm sure there's people being pressured to share or to activate. Um, it reminds me in my old days as an actor, we have, you know, we, there were times in this tiny summer stock town where we would have to put on costumes for Beauty and the Beast and walk up and down Main Street to sell the show. Uh, it's a lot has changed. But uh, but theaters are still I think are still asking actors to participate in that, whether that's whether that's right or not, I think is up for debate. But you know, it's so funny listening to you say that, Scott, because uh, it's making me reflect on the fact that I was like, well, of course, we're not asking anybody to do that. And it's not a factor in casting decisions. But if I'm being completely honest, while I was listening to you, I was thinking about the fact that there are artists that we have worked with that without us asking them to do anything, I have noticed that they get really active on social media, helping to promote our shows. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not with us having said, please do X, Y, or Z, but I, I, there are folks that I have noticed because I do stay active on social media. Julie, to your point, Facebook in particular is really mostly about marketing for me. Right. Um, yes. But if I'm being honest, I, I, I notice the artists who are very active in helping to promote our shows. And I'd be lying if I said it didn't positively influence how I think of them. Not that it becomes more important than their skill and talent and how, you know, 
pleasant they are to work with or any of that, but it's, it's not nothing. If if I work with someone, I'm like, wow, they're going to really help make sure people know about this show that we're doing that. I I hadn't even had this thought before we started this conversation, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, yeah, no, I'd be lying if I said that that was irrelevant. Well, that's, that's the thing that's funny, Jen, is the mailbag question was, you know, they're asking me to do this prior to being hired. That feels icky. But the truth of the matter is, in this world right now, you are absolutely right. Facebook in particular is a marketing tool for a lot of us. And the people that help us market, we're grateful. We don't demand it. We don't, we're not going to not cast the people who don't, but it's helpful. And we have to admit that we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, to me, there's a difference. Marketing's, you know, there's never been, except for for a brief period in the 19th century, this romantic idea of the artist who was not attached to the market. I mean, going back to the Renaissance, artists depended on patrons and they had to market their skills. But there's a difference between marketing per se and the enormous and uh, exponentially increasing amounts of free labor that artists are being asked to give. Um, through social media. And Scott, I was there the first day when you made that request. I can't imagine uh, any theater company with any marketing director being more sensitive than you were in the way in which you said the tools are here if you would would be inclined to use them, but you you bent over backwards to say you're not required to use them. Because guess what? There will be people like Elise, and at least the answer to your larger question is no, of course you shouldn't join Twitter or Instagram. And there are other ways you can market. Every actor in a forward show of their own free will is giving free labor after every single performance by coming on stage and participating in a talk back. That's a lot of of time right there. Um, And of course we think favorably of people that do that, but Jen also makes very clear that it's not required. And if people have things to do or for some reason they're not comfortable with it, they don't have to. What I worry about with, social media is the extent of free labor. And it's not just free labor to theater companies. It's free labor to four of the five largest corporations in the world that are using all that free content to increase their bottom line. They're monetizing this free labor. Uh, and I'm talking, of course, you know, about the, uh, you know, the Microsofts, the Apples, the uh, Alphabets, the Facebooks. They're monetizing that free labor to help themselves and to, and to further um, their particular agendas, which guess what, are not pro-artists and are not even pro-human, as I think we're learning more and more in the last six months. Well, I would, you know, um, I think your point is really well taken, Mike, and, and the idea of not asking artists for free labor is really important and something we're passionate about here. Um, I, I'm not sure that I would say, you know, to your example, Scott, like, I think saying, hey, if you wouldn't mind sharing a couple of our posts on social media, I don't think is a more egregious um, request of of an artist's free labor than can you go walk down the street in a costume for a couple hours or can you stand, (laughs) can you take postcards to every coffee shop and ask everyone to put them up? Because those are things that have been a part of our our business kind of forever. And I, Mm -hmm. um, your point about serving a, you know, corporate oligarchy, like notwithstanding, I'm not convinced that we're asking significantly more in terms of time or effort from people. In some ways, I think it's easier and a, and a lighter burden on, on artists. Um, but again, it's all a matter of degree. I mean, 
we've talked on past episodes. I have a sister-in-law uh, who spent a lot of time um, working on Broadway. And I know that in, in recent productions, the expectation for you need to start building your social media presence and you, you're expected to post a certain number of times per day and all of that so that your profile is higher. That's very different from, it'd be great if you could, if you have an account already, it'd be great if you could share our posts saying that the show is coming. So yes, I think, you know, that kind of thing, Mike, now we're getting into the egregious free labor and, and, and expectations. The other thing I would say is, is just, um, uh, a, a contradictory opinion in answer to Elise, I wouldn't say, no, you absolutely should not join Twitter or Instagram. I would say you absolutely should not feel that you need to do it in order to get work, at least to get work with us. But, and you know, this is something we've talked about before. I think that there are tremendous upsides and positive benefits that can be gleaned as a, as an individual let alone as a company trying to market something. But for me personally, Jen Gray, both individual artist and head of a company, I've spoken a lot about the really significant value that I get out of the way I use social media. And I am very careful about it. You know, in Twitter, there's no algorithm saying, here's what you get to see. I see the stuff from the people I choose to follow. And I follow some really smart people from whom I learn a ton of stuff. Um, and it is an extremely accessible way for me to get really good information as well as a really good sense of community. Now, none of that negates the broader societal ills that are being magnified and exacerbated by these social media platforms. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm not ignorant of, of that contradiction. But for a really smart person like Elise, I bet if she got on Twitter and followed like a very, you know, uh, curated list of people, I think she'd get a ton out of it. So I don't think it's quite as um, don't do it uh, as much as I, I don't think these platforms are maybe any of these individual platforms may eventually become obsolete. But social media is not going to stop being a part of our world. It's not what it's not going away. So I want to figure out how do we communicate ways to use it smartly, constructively, equitably, productively versus getting it to go away. Scott, I, you look like you've got things to say. <laughs> I, well, it's, it's a question. I'm curious because I was astounded at the amount of content on the internet uh, addressing actors directly about how important it is to be on social media uh, just in general. Um, uh, whether you're whether we're talking about film, TV, or stage, that having an online presence and having some sort of presentation of yourself is extremely important, and that it's it's free, it's something that you can control. Uh, so, I think that every actor probably is always has that. Whether if they're not engaged, they probably have that voice constantly nagging them that they should be doing that. Um, so I have a question for you as a, as someone who casts, how often after you've seen an actor that you enjoy in, in an audition and you are considering for a role, it, how often do you check their social media or try to find them on social media first to see if there's any, you know, any additional material or maybe get to know them a little bit better about who they are as a person? How, how frequent is that? Occasional for me. Um, 
because I don't think it's a huge, if it's somebody who I don't know, but they've maybe been recommended to me. So let's say I'm trying to cast a particular role and I reach out to some other artistic directors and say, hey, do you have someone you think I should audition? And they give me a bunch of names. Yeah, sometimes I'll look up to see if I can find them on Facebook just to kind of get a sense of who they are, where they are, you know, but if I can't find them on Facebook, that doesn't stop me from calling them in from an, for an audition. But I, I do, um, but we're casting someone to come in for six weeks. I'm not casting someone to spend a year on a commercial production. So what I do is not the same as what's needed for someone else. Go ahead, Julie. Mm-hmm. Can I, I a, a very specific example from another theater company that I used to work for. Um, we had somebody who moved into town, gave an audition that was unbelievable. And we very quickly went through all social media like this. Is this person too good to be true? Are they crazy? Who do we do? We have mutual friends that we can then call. And we did. And this person now works in Milwaukee all the time and is lovely as can be. But we used social media to find, you know, and then be able to sit, call someone from another state and say, I see that this person, um, you're friends with this person. We're friends with you. Tell me about them. And that and is all stuff that happened before social media. It just is a little bit easier. It's easier to find out. Exactly. It, to, to go the mutual friends route on, on a Facebook page is much easier. Right. It's not that we are suddenly, you know, doing new new things that weren't part of how we made decisions right. before. Right. But I, I do think... Um, yeah, I, I won't advocate that someone has to get on social media, but I am totally with you, Jen, on there are things to learn actually in our business. And I was thinking as you were talking about, I'm on a um, private Actors Equity Association Facebook page. And it's really things like, is equity going to let us audition in person or do we still have to do tape stuff? You know, I, you know, just information, information, information that I would not have access to if I wasn't on Facebook, there is no other way to get this conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's really valuable to me. So personal, personal opinion on that, but it's not all horrible. <laughs> well, it's not all horrible, but everything in life is a cost benefit analysis. You know, yeah. I spent 15 right. years as a critic for, you know, the major newspaper, the only newspaper in Milwaukee. And I was never on social media. Did I lose out because of that on conversations like the one you're have, uh, talking about, Julie? Absolutely. Was I able to maintain the integrity of my vision and my assessment because I wasn't listening to all the nattering knobs out there who can be so cruel and so vindictive and so simplistic in the way that social media um, encourages and fosters because of space content limits and the way people post? Yes, again. So you're making a choice. Can I choose to spend my time on Twitter going down a rabbit hole for two hours? You know, reading, by the way, uh, content which is being read for free, which somebody else is not being paid for because it's being shared on Twitter, even though it was produced by somebody else or for another magazine or newspaper. Or do I subscribe to the newspapers and magazines um, and read the articles there while also making sure through doing so that the artists who are writing these things are getting a share of what I do? Am I going to buy a book on Amazon, and um, which is screwing authors right and left, 
Um, or am I going to go to Leopold's, plug for the new bookstore in Madison, or Boswell Books in Milwaukee and buy a book through them? I mean, these are choices. It's not that it's all bad. It's that there's only 24 hours in a day. And if I have to choose between spending two hours on 300 character tweets versus watching something to use another technology thing, like a national theater stream, I'm going to go to the national theater stream every time. And you can't do both. You have to make choices in how you spend your day. So for somebody like Elise, you know, who is an exceptional actor and theater artist and now director, her production of the Laramie Project opens tomorrow night, December 3rd, um, you know, she's got to choose, as we all do, between whether she's going to spend that time on Twitter or whether she's going to spend that time coming into the soulful relationship that she develops with the characters she plays and the actors that she is directing and the texts that she is trying to mine for insight. And I don't believe in that context that the time spent outside of social media is, is worse, or I would say it's greater than and gives you more than the time you're gonna spend maybe finding an article or participating in a nattering conversation um, on, on social media. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think to your point, Mike, I think that you're absolutely right. Everything is a choice. And I think that um, the choices you make have tremendous value. And I think what all that I would argue is that, that, that it's not uh, a binary of choosing not to be on social media is, is good and choosing to be on it is bad. Um, because I think that you can learn as much about the world in different ways from making the choice to spend two hours on Twitter versus watching something. And I think, you know, the point about the, um, the content again, pay for artists, super important, but, uh, you know, clicks actually do translate into payment for, for folks. That's just part of the way the marketplace works now. And it make it makes for greater accessibility for folks who don't have the money to subscribe to every newspaper or to buy every book locally. So it does increase accessibility. And, you know, you're absolutely right about the toxicity of conversations that can be encountered on any of the social media platforms. But I encounter just as many that are unbelievable. I mean, the beauty of the outpouring in the wake of our loss of Stephen Sondheim mm -hmm. on social media, mm -hmm. the personal reflections, the stories, the sharing of, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm curating my feed really carefully. So I, I, I know that what my experience is, isn't necessarily someone else's, but I get 10 times more positivity and joy out of the things that I follow than negativity or um, uh, darkness. Um, and there's value in that. And I also think your point, Julie, about the Facebook group, there are um, ways in which the ease, like, like you say, you wouldn't be a part of those conversations if you weren't on that platform. I don't believe that the We See You White American Theater document would exist without social media. I think the folks that put that together, and we can, we've talked before about some of the benefits, some of the weaknesses of, of, of that document, of that approach to change. But I don't think there's any debate that big picture, that was an important transformational point for our field. And I don't think those artists would have been in contact with each other who, who wrote that initial manifesto or who created the demands document if they had not been connected by social media. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, the flip side of that is a lot of the things that have been said about both that document and where we are going as an industry in the last year and a half have been toxic, 
have been mm-hmm. judgmental, um, have been um, cruel, um, because people, not because people aren't motivated by the right things, they are, but because they are prone to make snap judgments of a sort that don't get made in long form journalism, because the, yeah. the statements there are more considered and more reasoned. Um, and you don't end up canceling people, to use that sort of word that's in danger of itself being canceled by the left. Um, you don't end up canceling people because of snap judgments that are ill-informed um, and and um, not substantive. I worry about that. I, I totally agree with you, Jen. Of course, there are values to go back to where we started. It's not technology is not the problem. It's the way in which we're using it. We're speaking to each other today um, in in you know, two different cities um, because of uh, because of what technology gives us. There are huge values and the Sondheim is a great example to what one can glean from what was put out after, after his death. Um, it's about choices. And I think you're probably knowing you and admiring you as much as I do, probably making maybe better choices than, than the lots of us are or lots of us are capable of in terms of how we use these, mm-hmm. these platforms. Yeah. I just, I think where I, where I come down is I don't think it's going away. Um, it'll continue to evolve social media. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, you know, once we added, you know, okay, now I'll get super geeky, but you know, you add the printing press and then that doesn't go away. You add television that doesn't go away. You, add, I mean, it's like you have these advances and, in, in um, or not even advances, just these new developments in how we communicate with each other. And it's not that they disappear, it's that they evolve. And I, I don't think using the internet to, to have these kinds of connections goes away. Maybe Facebook goes away, maybe Twitter eventually goes, well, not maybe, at some point <laughs> they will all go away. But I don't think it's gonna be that we go back to not having it. I think it's gonna be that it evolves and people either get smarter or stupider about how they use it. People get, you know, rely on it more, they rely on it less. They, they learn how to, how to use it in ways that serve them. And for some people, not using it is what serves them. Right. Um, or curating the list. Yeah. I mean, we know during, you know, election time, how many people posted, like, I've had to get rid of half of my Facebook friends, <laughs> right. you know, because I just couldn't deal with the conversation. There is a way to make it less vitriolic and and helpful for yep. the individual right and and with most of our systemic issues in this country you know it needs to be regulated it needs you know some of the the to get outside the world of the arts and more into the political realm the actors realm i mean there's there's a lot more oversight that's needed there's a lot more um that needs to, to be done i'm curious scott i'd love to just hear more um just in in the eight years that you've been with Forward, the way in which social media is part of our marketing has evolved hugely. I mean, how are you feel, like? How are you feeling about the the ways in which your job as a marketing director ha- has evolved? The the I mean, it it's in some ways it's changed, but in some ways it's really more about the fact that it's just gotten bigger. Uh, it used, I mean, eight years ago, honestly, it was, it was Facebook mm-hmm. period. Um, at least for our demographic, that was the way to reach them. And Instagram was still kind of a fun thing that had pictures, but you didn't see nearly the promoted content, uh, that you see now. Um, 
And so obviously like we've, we've transitioned to that. So it went from let's create, you know, let's create things with text and images to now we've got to start thinking in terms of just imagery. Um, and so that's sort of changed, which is helpful to be a theater company because we take pictures of the things that we do so we can share those things. And it's, it's helpful in that regard. Um, but now it's moving into more live content. So, um, so people are live streaming just conversations with each other or little moments backstage or things that they're doing, um, outside of the, the actual play itself. Um, we do have a TikTok account. Uh, we've never posted anything on TikTok, <laughs> but uh, it exists. But it exists. You can find us at Forward Theater on TikTok, uh, <laughs> which is funny to even say that. But uh, but it is. It has a, in just in the last, I would say, three years. Really, it has accelerated at a at a at a fast at a really fast rate, and it's been amazing to me looking at those platforms. How much of it was a lot of it was personal. And I felt like you could get to know people using social media and it has very clearly become an advertising platform. I know it has always been that, but it feels like it's even more apparent now. Um, and so we play that game. Obviously we spend money on, on social media. And I would say that we probably spend, we're getting to the point where we're almost spending as much on, um, on internet advertising, so to speak, than we are uh, on traditional print media. So it, it creates, it, 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 it creates its own challenges. There's ways in which this job is more exciting and even more fun because the, the create, the, it demands creativity and it, and it, and it, uh, it makes you think outside the box, but at the same time, it can also, it's also, a, it can be a heavy weight to constantly feel like you're having to curate content that is interesting, exciting, changing on multiple platforms, uh, depending on, who's looking at that, um, who's on that platform, what that demographic is that might change the way you present information, or we may have something on Instagram that's not on Facebook. Uh, so it's, it's a, it has made the job bigger. Um, and in many ways it's made the job more exciting and creative, but it certainly is more of a commitment. And I'm sure that I'm sure theaters across the country are dealing with that as well. Well, and individual artists, again, you know, Scott, you among them as an actor, are having to deal with this as well in terms of the marketing that, you, that, that you're doing. Um, you know, I'm just about finished with this outstanding book that was published last year by William Duresowicz called The Death of the Artist. And he's talking about the number of artists across disciplines. He talks about the music industry, the theater industry, film, um, visual arts who are leaving the arts because they're spending so much time on this that they don't have time to think about or make art. They don't have time for the deep dives that are required. This is taking over their life. And it's not only taking over our life, their life. Again, to go back to what I was saying, in the last 15 years, according to this book, $50 billion of free content, including every single forward YouTube, is, being, is, is flowing to uh, platforms like Facebook in profit. Um, so you've had a direct transfer really a theft of $50 billion from individual artists being forced to do this to the five biggest corporations in the world. Yeah, you know, There's got to be, I mean, Jen, you're right. It's not going away, but we need to come up with a better and more um, and fairer model of the sort that forward tries to <laughs> forward every single day. Right. But seriously, I would, I would point out though, that actors have always had, actors have always had to promote themselves in some form. So it wasn't, you know, the amount of time you put into your acting career was not always just rehearsal and performance or maybe the occasional audition. 
I, there were many a night with the exacto knife, you know, trimming headshot or trimming resumes and then gluing them to the back of your headshot and then stuffing envelopes and, and putting on stamps and mailing those things. And then following up with a postcard. And like, that was a full-time, that felt like yeah. a full-time job as well. Well, now actors aren't doing that anymore. Actors have a PDF of a headshot that they have electronically. And it's a matter of just plugging it into an email and sending it out. Um, so there, I mean, there's always been a responsibility in an actor's career to promote themselves. And this is just a I mean, this is just a different way to do it. Um, so I'm not really saying it's either good or bad, but I mean, I think there's always had to be a time commitment. It's just a matter of how much of that they, an actor wants to spend on it and how, whether or not it distracts them from what's really important, which is, you know, obviously, which is the work, but this is part of it too. Totally agree, Scott. Yeah, those postcards. And I'm in this show. We used to, you know, there was like hundreds and you sent a postcard to every casting agent you knew or director you wanted to work with or company you wanted to work with. Now you do a Facebook post that says, I'm in this show. I would much rather take a quick video of myself in front of my dressing room mirror than have to dress up like Lumiere and walk into Starbucks, you know? Well, and, oh my and I think that there's, it's, it's, it's worth noting that there's, um, you know, there's an, uh, an accessibility and equity aspect to that in that the, the cost of printing headshots, printing resumes, putting them in envelopes, putting a stamp on it, relative to the cost. And again, to your point, Mike, about content going to those corporations, not negating that, but right. it's easier to promote. It's it's less expensive to promote yourself as an artist now than it, you, than it was 10 years ago. And that makes it open to people that may not have had those resources. So there, there is an equity advantage. Again, there are disadvantages, but I think it's like everything complicated in the world, it's ju there's just so many pros and cons and nuances and ways it impacts different people differently. And um, it's not an unqualified good or an unqualified bad. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it around. Oh Nicely done. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> I'm just looking, I'm looking at the clock and I feel like we could talk for two more hours. About oh, this. yeah. We're oh, going to be talking about this after we end this podcast. Yeah. You know. But for the yeah. sake of our listeners, maybe right. we wrap this chapter <laughs> in the conversation up. Um, and hopefully this has been as much food for thought as everyone for everyone listening, as it's been for me, I, I'm going to be thinking a lot about all of this um, for a long time. Uh, but we will say that that's all for this episode of Theater Forward, a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, Midwest, and America. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jen Alpoff Gray. I'm Julie Swenson. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by the awesome Scott Hayden, <laughs> who I'm so glad we've gotten to hear from today. I'm a I huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm compelled to say, because it's in the script Scott wrote for me three years ago when we started, that you can follow us and share your thoughts on <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. Never have those words been more salty in my mouth. Um, as always, theater spelled with an E-R. <laughs> that is, that's wild that you've had to say that for this long. I, 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 if only, it's only resonated today. It's for love um, of the game. For love of the game. <laughs> and I will say, if you 
you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to us um, and please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. We're going to be doing these mailbag um, episodes uh, in the future and uh, please leave a question and comment for us. We're so grateful to have you listening and we will be back soon for another Theater Forward Conversation.